Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be running through a brief primer on past lives, including how many we have and what they can tell us. Everybody has past lives, seriously. But let's take a step back. Before we get into it, let's talk a minute about what people mean by past lives. Seems simple enough, but like many other phrases, each can have a variety of meanings in general and different meanings in context, and even different meanings in various industries or to special interest groups. So let's all get on the same page. Past lives is a phrase which presumes there is a portion of each living being which is eternal and therefore survives after the ending of the physical life, which we term death. That portion of the being, sometimes called a soul, transcends the dying process and the ultimate death of the body to at some point enter into a new body to live another life. It's from this point on where things can get complicated, with a number of other words and phrases such as reincarnation, near-death experiences, tunnels and lights, karma, past life regression, false memory syndrome, and all varieties of spiritual and religious orthodoxy and heterodoxy. For today, let's leave those aside noting they may or may not color our understanding of past lives and the whole process which creates them. This primer is not concerned directly with the bigger questions about past lives, but that they do exist. Which brings us back to where we started. Everybody has past lives. The thing is, most people don't have just one. They have hundreds When people ask me, can you look at my past lives, I immediately know I'm going to have to clarify things, because I could read any given person's soul book for 10 days straight, just reading the records of each life they have lived and not even make a dent. So the first thing I do is confirm what I'm pretty sure is the case. When they say past lives, they're referring to lives they have lived as human beings. You see, a full half of any soul book is comprised of past life records. Depending on the soul, one-third to one-half of those are lives led prior to being human. Being in a human body is complex. It is not for the faint of heart or for the inexperienced. As being embodied is not our natural state as a soul, We have to learn how to be corporeal and to do all the things which a corporeal body needs to do. Also, we need to learn how to wrap our consciousness around the experience and incorporate the growth and becoming which occurs through it. I mean, imagine what it's like for a soul who has never had any kind of sensory input to suddenly have all of it at once in an environment which requires us to respond or die. Without any preparation, we as souls would be like infants set down in the middle of a cattle stampede, 
we would have absolutely no chance. So before we embody here, as humans, we embody on other planets in other environments, which are less complex to inhabit, and we work with bodies which are much simpler, and which will give us experiences we need to move up the ladder of complexity. There are planets where we are basically large single-celled creatures, learning to intake nutrients and an oxygen-type gas through our skin. Then we move on to being simple creatures with exoskeletons, where we learn to work symbiotically with other creatures, which is important for human embodiment, since we have things like gut flora, which we need to work with. We live many lives, many, many lives, before we ever start embodying as humans. Then, when we're ready usually after having embodied as a Pleiadian or some other bipedal humanoid form, we embody here. Most people who consider themselves starseeds, I have found, are on their first or second embodiment here as a human. It's all incredibly awkward, nothing really makes sense, they struggle and feel lost, and it's hard, just like the first day at a new job or the first day of school. It does get better, but most times, it's not until life three or four. Like all new beginnings, it can be rough going, but friends will get made, adjustments will occur, and before we know it, we're comfortable with the arrangement and even come to find it comforting. Once I've determined the person asking me is looking for human lifetimes, which takes way less time than it did to explain it here, I try to direct the person towards what they are actually looking for, usually things much more specific and connected with this life. Often they're looking for information about relationships with family or partners, and do those people have something to do with a past life? What's the reason why the client is attracted to fill-in-the-blank hobby or career, which seems arbitrary? Why do they feel a familiarity with this object, area, town, etc., where they've never been before? Why are they afraid of fill-in-the-blank? You get the idea. Or I ask them what they want to know about themselves that they could learn from a past life. I find it interesting to look at the themes they have chosen, lifetime after lifetime, such as always an adventure of some kind or soldier one lifetime and then woman in leadership role the next, alternating over and over again. With many lives to look at, patterns and themes emerge in a variety of interesting ways. So why would it be that we would live so many lives? Becoming and service. Lifetime after lifetime, each person learns lessons. Now souls learn when they aren't embodied, in fact, the majority of our existence occurs in the Akashics. Embodiment is neither the purpose for souls, nor anything more than a brief interlude in the big picture. Becoming human is a means for us to acquire accelerated learning. Think of it as a summer cram class. An entire year of English or math or biology all in one six-week session. Being embodied concentrates our attention because we are contained in a body with no distractions from ourselves. We're the all-me channel 24-7-365. We aren't hearing other people's thoughts, 
at least most of us, and we aren't feeling their feelings, again, the majority of people, and so we can focus on ourselves. Think of it like reducing a liquid to a sauce. We as souls are being put over heat and having all the extraneous stuff cooked away, so what we're left with is pure liquid goodness. It's not easy by any means, and we know this going in, but all the effort pays off because what we would have had to spend eons learning and becoming, we get in just a few decades. And the learning isn't simple or linear, like some heroic champion's goal to save the world. We are complex beings in complex interrelations, so it's rare to nearly impossible for there to be only one reason for a life or only one lesson learned. There are always many, and we learn them all to varying degrees, or not, as we go along. And there's no template which says, do this first, then learn this, then you get to go do this. Each person's choice of lessons and lives is very unique, and interwoven with the cultures available at the time of the life, with the family structures, the DNA possibilities the roles and social opportunities available in that moment in time. Just a quick side note, not all souls are here for the purpose of learning. There are so many souls embodied right now who are ancient, who are very accomplished and amazing beings, and they're here to be of service. They've agreed to take on the difficult task of being embodied, of dealing with colds and flu, heartache and identity theft, cancer and broken bones, racial profiling at airports and running out of gas, as well as all the other things which happen in life, so they can bring their gifts, wisdom, and skills into this time frame. Service comes in so many forms, it's not possible for me to name them all. But they range from supporting impacted ecosystems to bringing ancient spiritual and energetic practices back so they can be updated and made practical for today's forms of living to healers of every stripe so we can get healing on a soul, emotional, body, mental level in whatever form and whatever combination we might need. Then there are those who are doing things such as anchoring the positive change we create, like putting a piton into the rock wall so we won't fall backwards and lose all the progress we've made, or who are generating and releasing generic positive energy so the well is always replenished. Being a productive member of society or being in service is about an equal balance of person and product. Being in service isn't a circle where I give everything and wait for things to come around because very little in life is actually circular. Service as a circle is actually an unbalanced model. The person giving gives everything and relinquishes responsibility for taking care of themselves, expecting the universe or the government, their partner, their spouse, their family their community, or even Santa Claus to support them for doing all this work. We know these peoples as saints we idealize, but we can't stand to be around, as codependents or as workaholics who we would love if they were ever around at all. I like to think that the infinity symbol of being in service is a bit healthier. 
My life supports my work, and my work supports my life. They are interconnected and feed into each other, but they're not each other. They are separate lobes of an entire person. There's work-life balance. In fact, there's no balance without the two being equal and equally active. In this model, the person is responsible for their own health and happiness. That doesn't mean their islands closed off from the world, don't need help at times, aren't interconnected with other people in the community, but they aren't making any of those responsible for their health and well-being. In the infinity model, not only do we honor and support the divinity in all beings, we recognize it in ourselves and start where we are within ourselves, nurturing our own piece of starlight so we have something to offer others rather than ignoring it and hoping others prize it enough to nurture it for us. So to me, being full service means not only supporting others, but supporting the self. Because how better to help others than to lead by example? So to bring us back around to the beginning, have you had a past life? Yes, more than one. What are they, and how can you find out who you were and what you did? Well, it's all in your soul book. All the details are in section one. If you're curious, I recommend you go take a peek. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at soul-level contracts and how they work. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.